Praise the Lord. Good morning, High Desert Word Center. How is everybody doing on Labor Day weekend? Amen. We are summer's coming in for a landing. I can promise you that. We just got a few days of uh, Captain Insano heat here. But praise God. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to go ahead and get things started this morning. We are super excited. We have Ron and Annette Thiesen with us this morning. From Peru and Honduras, and they're going to be giving us an update on all the good work going on in those two countries, and uh, and sharing some word with us today. So it's going to be a really, really awesome, awesome service this morning. Amen. Can we stand up together? And we're going to go ahead and open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. Amen. We're doing our part to see Peru and Honduras get saved, and we're going to make sure that the United States comes to Jesus. Amen. Let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. All right. Well, we're going to take a few minutes here to do what we always do and do a little meet and greet time. So go around and find somebody, shake some hands, give some hugs, do some fist bumps. Just make sure that everybody gets a little love today. Amen. Let's go. away my sin nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus oh precious is that flow that makes me white as snow no other fountain I know nothing but the blood of Jesus
this is all my hope. This is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that blood that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that blood that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. going on and I am super aware that no one enjoys porter potties okay I know this and I am working on it so when you walk past the porter potties and think could you do me a favor if you could just in that moment stop and pray for me and pray for the construction process that would be awesome okay amen and you know when we knew we were gonna have to get porter potties I was like Nobody wants this, but if we're going to have porta-potties, we're going to make it as biblical as possible. If you notice, we got 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, which that's pretty good news, right? Hold on. 
Uh, hold on, but, but the word says to go the extra mile. We put in fourth John last week. Come on, somebody give God praise. There we go. Yeah. All right. I'll shut up now before I ruin this whole service. Being a female, just work with us through the marital moment, okay? So being female, I'm going to tell you that porta potties, no, just no. And if you're adding to the Bible on fourth John, no, just no. Ladies, are you with me? No fourth John. No fourth John. Okay, so we're believing God to get rid of those as quickly as possible, but... You know, we got to do the whole paperwork thing and the insurance stuff. So just pray with us, okay? Just be praying with us. Other housekeeping things. Um, this is the house of the Lord, regardless of it looks like, you know, we have fencing and, you know, just act like it's still the house of the Lord, okay? And I'm preaching to myself because I have four kids and we do things like peel crowns on the front row. So I'm not judging you. I'm just asking you to do it with me. In your row before you leave, just kind of look around and do your best to not leave all your trash. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So just do your best to not leave bunches of stuff there. Or if you brought a bag of clothes to give to someone, we believe in that. Absolutely. Just don't leave the whole trash bag in the row. Like, you know, find the person it belongs to. So help us out with keeping some things clean. And make sure that when you're picking up your kids, you're picking up their stuff. It's sad to us when we see your kids' Bible laying in children's church knowing that you and they don't read it all week long. That's sad, okay? So if you would just help us do our best to keep the house of the Lord nice, that would be awesome. Last housekeeping thing, and then we can go to fun things. Last housekeeping thing, if you are taking kids to classes because there's so much movement around the property and there's so many people around the property, I need you to have stickers. So there has to be a sticker on the kid, and there has to be a sticker with the person picking up the kid. The person picking up the kid has to be over the age of 16. So the 11-year-old brother or sister cannot go pick it up while you're getting ministered to at the altar. Okay? So I want to keep your kids safe. I know it's annoying. I have four, and I wish any of you could go pick them up. But seriously, we got to have the sticker, okay? It's for the sake of safety, and it's for the sake of blessing your family. Okay? Stickers, you and kid. Yes? Okay. All right. Now on to the fun things. Okay. All four of the people in the front row appreciated that, and all of you with kids didn't. Anyway, anyway, um, Harvest Fest is coming. Can you be excited about that? Yes. So Harvest Fest is coming. And this year we get to do the whole thing. Um, we haven't done that for a few years, so we're very, very excited about that. We have an amazing team going this year, and I just get to hear things. I'm touching nothing, but the team is doing a much better job than I ever have, and they have all kinds of fundraisers and things going on, and they started with a pretty big budget to begin with. So what that means is when they bring in those funds, they get to... Bless our community. Reach out to our community and bless your families. And it's a place that you can bring your family members and neighbors to that it's not churchy, but they get the love of Jesus and they know what a church family is like and they can come be a part of that and see that at work. So Harvest Fest is Friday, October 28th, 6 to 9 p.m. Whatever it says is wrong. It's missing a two. 
So pretend there's a two there. October 28th, Friday, 6 to 9. Make sure to put on your calendar and be ready to come. Also that week, we'll be doing a lot of setups. So if you would like to be a part of that, come and just kind of be with everyone and serve together. That is going to be pretty much all week long. So if you want to take days off, make that happen now, okay, so that they can approve them before everybody else. There are a couple fundraisers going on. Heavenly Beauty Salon is doing uh, 50% of the proceeds of manicures and pedicures to Harvest Fest. So, ladies, I need you to go get a manicure and pedicure, okay? Okay. I need a manicure and pedicure, okay? Someone clap. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. And they're only $25. Is that right? Am I wrong? Am I right? $25. Okay. So, Heavenly Beauty Salon and Bucking Good Pizza. Yes. Woo! Pizza and nails, friends. It's good stuff. So, Bucking Good Pizza is on Broadway, and they are also on Facebook. All of Heavenly Beauty and Bucking Good Pizza will be on our social media so you can contact them that way but best pizza in town okay so today tomorrow and monday tuesday today tomorrow and today's sunday we're at church thank you that's why it doesn't have a two okay with october 28th anyway so sunday monday tuesday that's today tomorrow and tuesday and there's flyers desiree's waving at me there's flyers in the back and you can order pizza from them and proceeds from that pizza will go to harvest fest last thing as you leave church today you're going to get out your cash or your debit card i think debit card yeah i don't know get out some form of payment and you're going to get ice cream in exchange for giving to harvest fest you got it? Okay. So ice cream sandwiches after service today. And don't forget to bring in candy. Candy. Leah, our children's director, loves to win every year. Okay? And what that means is if she's winning, I'm losing. Okay? So if you love me, she does not have a microphone in her hand right now. <laughs> if you love me, I need you to bring candy in for the youth group. Okay? And if you love Leah more than me, between you and Jesus, you can bring candy in for children's church. Anyway, uh, women's meeting, yes, and all that competitive women'sness. Um, women's meeting is having the fall kickoff in September. So Friday, September 9th at 6.30, it's going to be fancy, ladies. It's going to be quite nice. There's all kinds of decor and a giant salad bar. So you're going to bring fixings for the salad, right? Things to put on top of the salad. Grilled chicken, roasted corn, sunflower seeds, whatever, okay? And some dressing. And you're going to bring all that stuff. We'll have the salad there, and we'll have a great time in our fancy, nice setup, okay? So dress nice. Bring your salad fixings Friday, September 9th at 6.30. Young adults, where are you at? Okay, I'm not even going to comment on that. That was so sad. I will give it to you that they might be tired from their party this weekend. But they got together and had quite the time celebrating Mr. Alex Church's birthday and Jesus. So it was a great time. Um, they did charades. It was hilarious to watch them embarrass themselves. And um, Young Adults is going to the Brandon Lake concert on Saturday, October 8th. Not to be confused with October 28th, Harvest Fest, okay? 
All right, so if you would like to go to that Brandon Lake concert, the tickets are $25, and they have to be purchased by the 7th, September 7th. So you can stop Alex on the way out, and I'm sure if you buy him ice cream, he'll tell you whatever you want to know. Okay, so October 8th, Young Adults, Brandon Lake concert, and that's all we got today. There's a lot of information, but the Thesons are here, guys. Isn't that amazing? I'm really excited for that. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, we do have a lot going on. And so I encourage you, if you really want to stay in the loop, follow on social media, on Instagram or Facebook. And we try to get as much of our uh, stuff on there as possible. That way, if you have any questions about when is this event, when's that time, it's usually going to be on there. Okay. Praise God. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yes, sir. It is happy time. And you're like, well, what's all that about? Well, the word tells us that God loves a cheerful giver. So we get really happy when it's time to give. Amen. If you need an envelope this morning, uh, you go ahead and raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. And if you're going to give online, you could go to hdwc.org slash giving. We're going to open our Bibles this morning to Luke chapter six. Yes. Luke chapter 6, I'll go in the in the New King James here, how's that sound? Luke chapter 6, and we're going to look at a good familiar verse to us regarding giving, and it'll be verse 38. Now we're at the end of the service, after the Thesans uh, tell us about their ministry and preach to us, we're going to do their offering for them at the end of the service, uh, so keep that in mind, that'll be at the end for the Thesans. Right now is our regular uh, Sunday morning tithes and offerings, but... Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, and, and this may be a familiar verse to a lot of us. This is such an important concept for us to get as Christians. But Luke 6 and verse 38, it says, give and it will be given to you. Amen. And you know, that just seems to go to the exact opposite of what this world would tell us. The world would say, man, give, and then you won't have any left for yourself. But the word of God says, no, when you give, oh, it just is given back unto you. But here's the good part. It's a good measure. pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And so when we give, the Lord sees to it that it is given back unto us. And it's a good measure. pressed down, shaken together, and running over, the Lord will take care of us. Amen. And so I encourage us that... Uh, uh, it's very important that we uh, give our tithe, right? Amen. According to Malachi chapter 3 and, and lots of other good verses. But it's also very scriptural for us to be good givers. And when we do it, stand in faith that, yes, it's coming back to you in a great big way. Because that's the word of God for us. Can I get an amen today? All right. Well, can we stand up together? Praise God. We're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. And then as we do that, go ahead and bring your tithe and your offering up. If you want to worship at the altar, hey, uh, I want you to come up and worship at the altar. Amen. It's a great and powerful place. And we're going to take communion right after praise and worship this morning. And so if you're watching online, you could get the elements at home and take along with us. Amen. Let's go ahead and speak some words of faith over our giving. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, 
debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increased. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Let's thank God on today. Wandering into the night Wanting a place to hide This weary soul This vagabone I tried with all my might I just can't win the fight I'm slowly drifting A vagabond Just when I ran out of road, I met a man I didn't know, and he told me that I was not alone. He picked me up, he turned me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. I think the master, I think the savior, because he healed my heart, he changed my name. Forever free, I'm not the same. I think the master, I think the savior, I thank God. Woo! I cannot deny what I see. Got no choice but to believe. My doubts are burning like ashes in the Long to my old friend, burning and bitter. Just keep on moving. Now you ain't welcome here. Hallelujah. From now till I walk the streets of gold, I'll sing of how you saved my soul. This weary son has found his way back.
I love your voice. I love your voice. Sing it out. You have led me through the fire in darkest nights. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. I have the goodness of God. All my life, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after. Let's sing that again. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Raise our hands and sing this all my life. All my life you have been faithful. Let's raise our voices, sing that out. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am Your goodness is running. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Sing that again. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after. 
last time, let's just raise our hands and sing. All my life you have been faithful. Sing that again. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am made, I will sing the goodness of God. Oh, I will see of the goodness of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's raise our hands for a minute this morning. You have been so, so good with every breath that I am able, I will see the goodness See your goodness. Your goodness is running after, is running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life way down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness, your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life you have been faithful. 
my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing All my life All my life you have been So, so good With every breath that I can be there. I'm going to look at a couple of verses here out of Hebrews chapter 10 this morning. And uh, I just want to encourage us for a minute that, you know, when we take communion, uh, I don't ever want it to just be a tradition or a ceremony or something we do. Don't ever, ever approach communion with that type of an attitude. It's such a special and holy time. And, and, uh, and, and, and why is that? Because we're talking about the blood of Jesus right here. We're not talking about the blood of some sheep or goat that was sacrificed to pay for your sins. No, we're talking about the blood of Jesus himself. And that's a holy thing. And what's holy? Well, well, holy means it's set apart. It's not like everything else, right? And, and, and so when we come to communion and when we take communion, it's a holy time. It's not time to, you know, look at football to think about lunch. No, no. It's a time to think and, and, and thank Jesus for what he's done in our lives. But I'm in uh, Hebrews chapter 10. I'm just going to read a few verses here in the New Living Translation. And and verse 19, it, it tells us, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. That's a big deal right there. <laughs> Listen, under the Old Covenant, under the Old Testament, you could never do that. You would have to go to the priest and then on the right day of the year, at the right moment, in the right mood, he could go in and talk to God for you and pay for your sins. But no, right now, because the blood of Jesus is so powerful, you in Barstow, California in 2022 can go right in to the presence of God. And you don't have to go, you know, uh, uh, scared and, and, and have to go backwards and have to. No, no, no. It says you can boldly go in to the presence of God into heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus by his death. Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest, and we do, his name is Jesus, who rules over God's house, let us go right in to the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. How can we do it? For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. And so we're going to take a minute today 
and thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God that He paid the price for our sins because there's no way I could have ever paid that price. Not a chance, but Jesus did it. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 11 tells us each time that we take communion that we need to examine our lives. The King James says to judge yourself. And so it's highly important that we take a moment before we receive communion to judge ourselves. And if there's anything in our life that we need to deal with, any sin, anything else that God's been dealing with you about, now's the time to talk to God. And if you need to repent, now's the time to repent. If you need to make some adjustments, now's the time to make some adjustments because we have to take this with the right heart. And in the right way. Amen. And so let's take a minute here and examine ourselves and judge ourselves before we receive these elements. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, in verse 23, we receive our instructions for communion. It says this, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is broken for you. Do this to remember me. And so we take this bread this morning and we do this realizing that this represents the body of Jesus that that took that beating, that took those stripes upon that back for our healing, for our peace, for our restoration. And we do this to remember you, Jesus. Amen. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. And so, Jesus, as we receive uh, this juice this morning representing your blood, we know that we've got a new covenant and our sins have been paid for, Lord, and we are going to heaven because of the blood of Jesus. We do this to remember you. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Isn't Jesus awesome, man? Who loves Jesus this morning? Come on. Yes. The Lord is good. Well, let's sing for a minute here, and uh, then we're going to have the Theisans come on up with us. But why don't we sing nothing but the blood of Jesus? Amen. Wash away my sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other count I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It is nothing but your blood that paid the way. Hallelujah. Well, go ahead. We're going to sit down. You can give someone a high five if you want to on your way down. And I'm going to have a pastor come on up this morning and introduce the Thesans to us. Amen. Are you ready to come up? Yeah, come on up. I want to, I want to talk, talk just a minute. I'm, I'm thinking about Ron and that. We spent yesterday with him, talking to late last night, been with, we've been partnered with him for a while now. And, uh, anyway, I, I just want to tell you some of the spiritual connection. How many know there's a lot of goofed up people in California that need Jesus? And there's just a slight possibility it might be somebody in your family even. Amen. Or somebody you work with. But uh, the spiritual connections, the way God does things, is just exactly what we're doing this morning. Uh, he, he told me something a second ago I forgot about. It. He taught me years ago. There's a difference between, how many of you have ever heard the word, well, that's a divine appointment. Well, there's a difference between a divine appointment and a divine connection. A divine appointment, basically, if somebody crosses your path that is just you know, a one-time thing or just for a season, where he hooks you up for blessing, a divine connection is a forever thing. He connects you with somebody to be partners that work in life and ministry together. These guys are a divine connection with our ministry so we can fulfill God's call for us for California. Years ago in the early 90s when I was a baby pastor and I was starting to learn about pastoring, how God does things, there's things like communions that if you're just a church member, you see communion and you just do it. And just lots of things you do and you hear about missionaries and stuff like that. Well, you just do it because you're a church member. Don't really know why. You just do it because churches do it. Well, the Lord told me the purpose of churches and missionaries being together. And here's exactly what he told me. I was asking about the missionary business. What what do I do? I don't know what to do. I said, why do we need missionaries? What's going on? I knew it was a good thing. He said, you help me reach the world. I help you reach your part of the world. Amen. And you stop to think about it, that's a spiritual law, a spiritual principle from the Bible called seed time and harvest. What you sow is what you reap. And I'm not talking about money, but money's a part of it. And so when you're partners with missionaries that other parts of the world, God's looking down to see the whole world, but we don't really see the whole world. We see California. We see Barstow. We see the high desert. And you think about what a mess everything is everywhere. And we know that one church 
can't do anything to change much of anything, but a church partnered with God can change everything. And so when I when I think about missions, I do know that there's all parts of the world, but I think about missions, I think about we got a job to do right here, and we can't do it without God's help. And so we are as we are partners with people like the Thesans, and this is some of the best I've ever known, people like this here, this is gonna cause God to keep on pouring out blessing and anointing on us, and this place is gonna get bigger, 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 and bigger because the losers in your family, like you used to be and I used to be, the horrible people you work with, like I used to be one of those people, that God got a hold of me, well God will begin to get a hold of people that you'd never comprehend. Wow, I can't believe it. Those people, they're church people now. They serve now. And they do all they do now. Well, the reason being, because with that grace, that anointing is on a church for soul winning that comes from the mission field, that all of a sudden our mission field in California becomes very anointed, becomes very ripe for harvest. And so that's why I'm so excited about these guys being here. And then some more good news. Is, is Cindy Grow here? Cindy here today? In class. Okay, she's our missions director. We kind of got sidelined through the pandemic and everything. We used to do missions trips and stuff. Dave been to Nicaragua with us, and lots of, lots of you have been. Well, anyway, we're getting set up now in that direction again. We're going to finally probably finalize a, a time today, but in June and July is when they're open for people like us coming down. And so we'll get things finalized to head that direction again. But in Honduras, they, they're in Peru and Honduras, actually Latin America, in Honduras, they have a children's home school and all kinds of things going on there. And we're going to be taking team or teens down there this year later on. And we'll be taking, amen, give the Lord a hand. And so in talking to them last night, they've got, well, you got 52 students that come in daily and then 14 that live there. And so that's where they've got going, plus lots of other stuff. And so they got so much going down there, man, to make your head swim. And then also they got the Peru stuff all up down the Amazon River, which we're getting to have a big conference down there really soon. But anyway, we want to go to Honduras in June or July, and we'll be doing some of the things like we did in Nicaragua, but we'll probably do some construction things if we get construction-type people like Michael Cabrera or some of you guys that do works like that. Chuck, I don't know if you ever want to go to Mission Field or not. The things they do down there, the better the children's home and the things they do. Plus, we'll be going out in the city and feeding some people, doing some things, doing some preaching. So there's all kinds of opportunities down there. But the main thing is we're blessing those people down there because we really want to. God wants to help them bless them. But when we do that, we're planting seed for this church to be able to have everything we need to do, all we want to do to get the people you know into the kingdom of God. Amen. And so we're really looking forward to that. Let's stand and give the Lord a hand for these wonderful, wonderful gifts that are here. Amen. All the glory goes to God. Thank you. You guys tear me up. That song, All Your Life You Have Been Faithful. 1951, my mom and dad went to Peru, and they started out and did a translation for one of the villages, one of the languages, indigenous groups in Peru called the Boras. And they went 51. I was born in 1958. 
and we have been through all kinds of stories that we could tell. And every time you sing that song or that somebody sings that song, I tear up because all our lives, he has been faithful. We've been on the mission meal for 40 years now. We've been married for 40 years in May. And we could tell you stories that would turn your hair white. But all our lives, that's the thing that really that really gets me, is because all our lives, though we've been through all kinds of things, snakes and anacondas and terrorists and you name it, all these years, all our lives he has been faithful. Amen? And it's been a good life. We love it. We absolutely love it. It's not that being a missionary is a sacrifice and I'm missing all this other stuff. It's not about that. It's about being in the middle of God's will and having Him provide all of your needs. It's about being in the middle of what He wants you to do and, and, and seeing that there is another way to live. Our satisfaction doesn't come from stuff. It comes from seeing lives changed. Amen. And we can all have that. You know, coming to Christ, your mission field here in Barstow, California, it, the people that we've led the Lord along the Amazon River and around and all the different things that the Lord has enabled us to do. The only thing that God really requires is that your yes be on the table. Amen. That he, that he, when you figure out what He wants you to do, you go and do it because if He's asking you to do it, He will be faithful. Amen. So, like I say, I'm a, I'm a softie here, but that that song just speaks huge amount to us. All the words in that song I was looking at today, and I've been, you know, all the things that have, we've gone through, and things that have happened, and near-death experiences, and this and that and the other, God has been faithful, and things have happened for the kingdom, and so we're just we're we're so glad to serve the Lord. I met Annette when I was finishing up ORU in El Paso, Texas. She was already working at an orphanage. And uh, we met, clicked. I went down to El Paso. We got married. And immediately I took her to Peru. Because Mom and Dad finished the New Testament and they were dedicating it that summer. We got married in May. And in May we were down in, in the jungles along the Amazon with the Boras doing the dedication of the New Testament down there and we haven't let up since amen um, so when we went back to Peru we felt like well God you know this is our first post our first place show us what you want us to do we started working there we worked at a discipleship technical school it was more training for us than anything else um, we didn't do a whole lot of anything really there but it was God training us to do what he wanted us to do he moved us to Iquitos up north, and like I say, there could be a huge number of stories there. Um, and we we served up there teaching Bible school for five years. Then we started our own ministry there with AFCM, connected with AFCM, got the Josiah going. We evangelized up and down the rivers and did the training in the villages. Instead of bringing them in, we took them out to the rivers, put the training out there, and we established... Uh, 60 churches, something like that, home groups, house groups, church, pre- presentation of church in different villages. 
And that was an awesome season, too, on the Josiah, uh, traveling up and down the rivers. And uh, But seasons change. Amen? God has us move on. If we can't change, then we usually get left behind. The Josiah, you don't know about the Josiah, AFCM, Jim Caseman, Dana Nile. You know Dana, he was here not long ago. Um, the association came to Peru. I took him upriver. Uh, Jim came down. The president of the association came to Peru. I took him upriver in a boat. Uh, the, the local pastor that we were working with put in the boat. I put in the motor and the gas. And we didn't put in, he didn't put in enough gas. So we, I drove him upriver. And we got up to the village and they did some ministry upriver. And then I told him, look, I've got to leave because they were going to walk across and I was going to pick him up on the other side, meaning across the jungle and up another river. So I said, i got to go now because I don't have enough gas to get home. So I pushed off and I floated all night long down the Amazon and had left just enough in the gas tank to motor into Iquitos, buy some more gas, and then go up and pick him up the other river. And Jim Caseman saw that and said, we can do better than that. God can do better than that. AFCM can do better than that. And they provided us a double-decker, steel, twin caterpillar diesel uh, boat called the Josiah that we built in Iquitos. And with that, we evangelized in over 200 villages up and down the Amazon, the Napo River, the Tapiche River, just up to Ucayali, lots of different places. And uh, and then from there, we went out on that big boat. We could we could sleep 26 people in beds on that boat. We took teams after team after team down there. And uh, that was that season. That season kind of came to an end when 2008, there wasn't finances anymore. Teams weren't coming anymore. We had to make choices. And really for the ministry to continue on its own, the local people weren't going to be able to run the Josiah with its expenses big caterpillar diesels, the whole crew and all that kind of stuff that we had to do. So we sold the boat after a while with Jim's permission, Pastor Jim Caseman's permission. We talked about it. He said, yeah, whenever this becomes a burden, then we don't want you to have it anymore. We don't want you to have the burden. We sold it. Now everybody does this thing on local transportation. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a good thing. So we worked for like 15 years on the Josiah and we raised up those churches. And then um, around in that end, that same time period, Annette's mom and daddy had started an orphanage in Honduras. They came to Peru for a while with us. And I'm going to let her share that because that's where she's going to go in a minute here. But um, we still go back to Peru. Those churches still need our encouragement. They need training, continue to do the training and, and all that. And so next Tuesday we fly back to Peru, back to Lima, and in Lima we're going to get on a bus and we're going to drive from Lima at sea level over 16,000 feet into Huancayo, which is uh, where the church is. We have a church now uh, associated with, with AFCM. We went up last September, if I, if I get it right. And they wanted to be associated with AFCM. We did that. This time we're going up with Dana. You all remember Dana. He was here just a few weeks ago, I think. And uh, he's going with us. We're going to meet him in Lima. We're going to go up over that 16,000 feet, down into 12,000. And we're going to be up there doing a conference for like four days up there. Amen. Kind of like the one we did in Iquitos. 
So we'll be up there for a while. We've got to take warm clothes because 12,000 feet is a little bit chilly. And then we've got to take our summer clothes also. Because after that, we're going to come back down on the bus to Lima, get on an airplane, go to Iquitos. And about two weeks later, then we have three other ministers coming down that are AFCM ministers coming down from... A couple of them are out of, uh, well, they're all most out of Montana, Minnesota, and Pastor Larry from South Dakota. And we're going to do a meeting, but this time we get on a speedboat on Monday morning, uh, the 4th, I believe it is, 3rd of October, and we're going to go one, river, one hour down river with all of our sound equipment. Drums, drum set, everything, we always do this. We go down, stick it on a little speedboat, about a 20-person speedboat, take it down an hour. Then we load it on the motor cars. I don't know if you know what a motor car is, but it's a three-wheeler, and they have little three-wheel trucks down there that you can stick a bunch of stuff in the back, and we'll haul it over. It's about 15 minutes, 20 minutes over the road to the other side of the isthmus onto the Napo River, and then from there we all get in another speedboat, and we go five hours upriver in a speedboat to a town called Santa Clotilde. And we've been doing these meetings up there to encourage the pastors in the area uh, for all these years. We went when Honduras, we come back for once or twice a year to encourage the, the Peruvians there. So we're going to go up there and we're going to have a week-long meeting from Tuesday through Friday. And uh, we're with Pastor Larry and these others that are coming down. And we leave on Saturday morning. Like 6 o'clock, go to Iquitos. We take a little bit of a break while we're driving. On Sunday morning, we're going to start the meeting in Iquitos. The Pastor Bernie was with us. For all those people down the other area, the Napo River is way upriver towards Ecuador. But a lot of them can't get there from the Ucayali and the Tapiche River. So we have leaders that are going to come down from there, down the Amazon. They're going to come up and be with us at the, the Vuelta, the the bottom side of the Napo River, and they're going to come be with us there, and we're going to continue with our, our teachers that are down there for that time. We're going to be busy. Amen? We're, we were going to do it. Uh, October 2nd is Election Day. Second, right? Election Day, Sunday, in Santa Clotilde, and usually everybody comes bound to Santa Clotilde to vote. All of our people, so we're taking advantage of the fact that they've already gotten their gasoline. That up there costs them like six bucks a gallon. Kind of like California. And, uh, actually a little bit more right now. And, and, but we just heard from our pastor coordinator in Iquitos that they've changed it a week ago. This year they're going to do voting up in I think it's Buena Vista. It's up on the Curaray River. It's in Santa Clotilde. It's down, down river in Negro Urco, I think, or Masan. Some of the different places. And so not all of our people are going to get there. We don't know what's going to happen and, uh, how many people are going to be able to come. But pray with us, if you would, that, that we'll, we'll get a good group of people there. <coughs> They'll come down anyway. That we can provide, maybe if we have to provide gasoline for them to go home, you know, whatever we be, need to be able to do to be able to get them to, we need to get together with them. Amen? Fellowshipping with them. So that's what we have going on in Peru right now. Um, we go upriver 
Pastor Bernie, you had it pretty good there in Iquitos because you had an air-conditioned room. We go to this hotel. I don't know how many stars that place had, but at least it had a, a, AC, right? But we go up to this place where we have a little hotel that has no stars, unless you can see them through the roof, you know. And we sleep in there for five days. And because it's for the Lord and for these people, we sweat and we do with whatever we have to do and change shirts three times a day because it's hot and humid there. But for the Lord, we'll do anything. Amen? And you can do it for a week. So we, we do it for a week. We come home and then we enjoy our beds, our comfort zones. But um, you guys, pastors, set me up on this. I'll, I I have to do this. They're talking about First John, Second John, Third John, Jew, and Fourth John, right? Well, I went on a trip one time with another fella to to preach up river up the Ucayali River, and we went on this little boat, river boat for uh, it was, I don't know, a day, day and a half, something like that up river, and they had First John, Second John, Third John was in the church down the down the street, but where they had me staying was in this little place up on a corner, several blocks away. You know, that's not so good when you need to use the bathroom, right? So, this particular bathroom uh, had walls only this high. So, if you got to go, you got to go. Just smile. So, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and Revelation. And, and, and <laughs> so... You want a taste of the mission field? Once in a while you do things that you wouldn't normally do, but smile big. It's better at night, let's put it that way. <laughs> Seriously, I don't know why they didn't have walls on this place, but anyway. Um, it's good and God is good. Amen. All our life He has been faithful. We have run, we have run through snake infested area and stuff like that. And, um, I remember one time we were getting in the boat to go downriver to Brio Nuevo, which is the village, the Boda village. We would go every summer there. We kids would come back and we would stay in the Niño Tambo, the little children's home. So I know about children's homes quite a bit. Every year we were there for like six months. Mom and Dad were out in the village doing the translation and, and all that they did out there. One time we flew to Iquitos when I was a kid and we were getting in the boat. Well, they have these great big barges. You've seen the Mississippi River barges, that type of thing. Can you picture that? Big, big flat nose up against the shore here, going down the coast. And we were all in this little boat with a, with a leaf roof on it like that. And they pushed off. We were all in the boat. They pushed off. River current going down this way. They pushed off. And they couldn't get the motor started. It wouldn't start. Outward motor. And so we were floating, floating closer and closer and closer to this bottom of this barge, monster barge. She's sticking out of the water. I remember that being one of those cases of near death because if we'd have hit that, the boat would have turned over and the whole family would have been done. And God was faithful. Amen. One of our Boda people jumped off the nose of the boat into the water, got to shore. They threw the rope to him and he was able to stop us right pretty much underneath that. To this day, I, I, what do you call it? Sweat a little bit or <laughs> just a lot of different things, but God is faithful. Amen. When you're serving Him. When you're walking with the Lord, doing what He wants you to do, 
He will provide. There's so many times when you wonder where the money's going to come from to do what you got to do, but voila, somewhere, somehow the Lord provides. Rarely, early, but always on time. Amen. <laughs> so it's like you have to walk in faith to, to, to do this. So what a blessing. When we're in Peru, we get to be with our daughter who married a Peruvian pastor. Uh, and he is actually running for governor in Iquitos area. Loreto's like our department, like our state. A large area of Peru. He's running for governor there, so pray for him. Pray for my daughter, our daughter, Anna, because her husband is so busy now doing that that she just needs, you know, she needs her time too with our three grandchildren who live right there. They live in our house and we live in the duck pond. No, not the duck pond. Above the duck pond in the tower. We've made a little flat. That's our place to stay. And we like it. And our daughter, because they have a big family there the year round, so they're in our home that we lived in for all those years and stuff like that. So Peru is big on our hearts. We are both Peruvian citizens. All of our kids are Peruvian citizens as well as Americans. So we we can go in there with our U.S. passport, leave here, and we flash our Peruvian passport and go in and... Uh, or we can go in as tourists if we need to. So it depends on whether our passport is up to date or not. <laughs> but we can't get out of the country unless we vote down in Peru. So we got to be there and vote. If we don't vote, we go into the bank, the national bank, and we pay a fine for not voting. So all of you all get out there and vote. You don't have to pay, but do it anyway, right? It's important in this season that we're living in right now. Amen. Oh, yeah, we're doing all kinds of stuff there. Um, pastor Watting is our head pastor in the church there in Iquitos, and he goes out to visit these villages. And that's a challenge that we have right now is to develop more missions teams. Pastor Watting is our pastor. He's got a lot of years and experience. And as you probably know, uh, marriage and family is one of the areas the devil attacks hard and fast. Amen? Anywhere you go, all the problems that you have here are the same down there, different color, different language, different, but the same kind of stuff, you know. And so Pastor Wadding can deal with that kind of things when he goes out and visits, visits, but we have, like I said, 60 different villages, try to get them together. And so we're working on getting another team going. We want another team that can go out, we can finance them so we can have one team going this way and one team going up this way and get to the people in, in plenty of time, you know, they have a visit from, from us in some way. But just keep praying for us for that also. That's important. We need people who can do what Pastor Wadding does because they won't be going on both trips at the same time. So we need, we have another pastor, but he's Chilean and he's a bit frail. He's, he's a city guy. So he's not so much the river and so, you know, he has a few issues there. So we, we can put him out there a little bit. He's 70 years old, and and so we can't really throw him out there like he needs to go. So, you know, take eating grubs and things like that, he doesn't have to want to do. Actually, there's a lot of good things out there that he doesn't want to eat because he's just used to other things. So anyway, pray that's about that. We're building that team. This last time we were down there, we invested in three couples so that they could have jobs that would allow them to be able to go on these mission trips. So that's working pretty good. And now we need to figure out who who we're going to get to be able to handle that kind of counseling and things like that. So, anyway, that's Peru. 
But we keep busy. We could be busy only there, but God called us to go to Honduras also. So I'm going to let my wife talk to you about Honduras. Her mom and daddy started that. And... Uh, Well, good morning. We have an awesome God. He takes normal people like us and does awesome things. Takes normal people like you and he does awesome things. Amen? And so it's not about us, it's about him. And uh, my parents were, um, my dad was a life insurance salesman with Mutual of Omaha for a number of years. Had a very successful business here in the U.S. And um, he my parents were um, children's ministers here in the States. They went down to Honduras like 15 years before they actually went down on full-time basis. And uh, just on a short-term ter- mission trip, like we're going to do here in Honduras. They went down and they saw the children on the streets. And they saw the need for an orphanage. And they promised, someday we will come back and start an orphanage. Well, as they went back to the States... Um, the years ticked by. Am I too loud here? The years ticked by, and 15 years later, my dad is 63, and he's like, you know, and my mom comes home from work one day, and she's like, we need to just sell everything and go to the mission field. And my dad goes, hallelujah, I've been waiting for that word. So that's what they did. They sold everything, went to language school for a couple years, and when my dad was 65, they went to Honduras. They didn't know anybody. They just went on faith and just went, and God just began to miraculously connect them with people and places and things. Uh, He was instrumental in building ten different uh, church buildings around the mountain villages. And they ended up with a piece of property that they purchased um, in the village of Halaka, about 29 acres. And um, they began to build, began to build buildings and orphanages. And after uh, about... I don't know, maybe five years of doing paperwork and everything else with the, the government, they were able to have children. And that was 19 years ago in September. And so they, my dad was 81 when he turned everything over to us. And he kept saying, Annette, you guys need to come up and take over this orphanage because you guys speak Spanish and you guys have missions on your heart. And we're like, no, Daddy, we're too busy. We're too busy down here in Peru. we got lots to do. He's like, well, come and visit. Come and visit us. I think I told you guys this story last time, but just for the few people, especially that weren't here, to kind of get to know us a little bit. I'll be fast. And um, so we went up and saw it. and We're there like three year, three weeks with all of our, our four children at that time that were still at home and getting ready. Some were getting ready to leave. And we went back to Peru going, whew, we are so glad we are not called to orphanage work. That is hard stuff. I mean, it, those kids, you don't get rid of them. You know, they're there 24-7. And, you know. and so um, a few years later, after God really challenged us in Peru, uh, you know, would he said, would this uh, ministry continue if you weren't here? So it just began to challenge our hearts of, is this an indigenous ministry? Would it continue, or is it just based on us? And um, to us, that's the success of a mission. Can you walk away, and will it still survive? And so we just began to make a plan in, in Peru to turn more and more things over to our national leaders. And they were running with it, going with it. And we pretty much weren't doing a whole lot. And so God said, okay, now you can come to Honduras. And so we did. We went to Honduras. My dad was 81 when he turned it all over to us. And um, we've been there for 11 years now. And it's it's been the glory of God. The first few years were really, really hard trying to get everything 
uh, to really where it needed to be. And Ron always says, if you don't plant good seed, you won't get a good harvest. And so we needed to plant good seed in the children's lives. Uh, there was a lot of good seed, but there really needed to be stepped up to some different areas. And so we needed to do a lot of change in staff. We had a lot of non-believers that didn't, weren't even sowing godly seed into the kids' lives and things like that. So there was a lot of, several years of just revamping a lot, a lot of things. Now, praise God, we've got good staff. We've gotten trained. We've got a great administrator couple, husband-wife team that are doing a tremendous job on ground. We have been able to expand our school. Uh, we've got first grade through high school and uh, with oh the video that's right the video okay <laughs> thank you <laughs> forgot all about the video um well uh, let me just give me one minute and we'll show the video and so with the school we um we now have uh, 52 extern students that come they're scholarship students that come from the surrounding communities five different communities that come and get um, quality education in a time period through COVID where education has been hardly anything. Uh, trying to do it virtual and teachers not wanting to do their jobs and one thing after another and our kids are getting good quality education. And these are children that were poor children that could not even afford to go to school. So we have some very thankful kids plus our own kids and um, so yeah, let's, let's uh, shoot that video and I'll let you guys see some pictures. We are back at New Light Children's Home, and we are about ready to have an event. Uh, this is our selecting our queen for our student body event, and so we have nine candidates, and they're going to model three different categories. One, the sports category, the evening dress category, and the recycle category. These girls have made their own dresses out of recyclable materials. So I've got Gertrude here with me, and we're going to walk in here. So come on in and say hi to the kids. Uno, dos, tres. Girl did a great job at selecting and displaying their favorite sport outfit. The evening gowns were absolutely gorgeous, and the recycle outfits were creative and unique. The judges had a hard time deciding who would wear the student body crown this year, but they also chose two other awards. One was Miss Congeniality and the Best Recycle Dress. Well, Alexandra was crowned our queen this year, and Susan won Miss Congeniality, and Allison won the Best Recycle Dress. We also were able to present Academic Excellence Rewards to 15 of our students. And in, we also were able to enjoy a couple of dance routines put on by our middle and high school students, both boys and girls. These special events happen throughout the year and build unity, camaraderie, and strength of character in our students. Our intern children have benefited a lot from having new friends and classmates to motivate and encourage them in their studies and friendships. We've also heard great testimonies from the parents of our external children and their neighbors in the changes in the children's attitudes at home. Before, some were rebellious and unmotivated, and now they're happy, studying hard, and helpful at home. One family even mentioned that our kids won't even eat their meals before praying now, which they never did before. 
You know, with each one of your donations, you are helping to advance the kingdom of God in each one of these children's hearts and their families. Thank you so much for your faithfulness and finances. We couldn't do this without you. And so please, continue to, to support us, continue to help us, and walk with us as we see the fruit of our labor here at New Life Children's Home in Honduras. Thank you so much. God bless. So we definitely are a children's home where we rescue um, children from different high-risk situations, children that we get from the local government that are in the in the social services system, either in orphanages or, uh, you know, mainly orphanages or removed from the homes because of bad situations in the homes. So we had up to 51 children, and they have been, you know, over the years graduating on, going on into jobs, into colleges. We also have a transition ministry where we have 12 young people now studying in college. And so we're so excited. Um, our Our local service, social services uh, gave us the statistics that 95% of children that leaves, leave children's homes in Honduras end up in the gangs. And so we were like, you know, we've got to do something better than this. We've got to give them a next step. And so that's what our transition ministry is all about. We're excited about that. But now that two years ago when we opened our doors to scholarship children, poor children in the neighborhood that were like, like the little video I was saying, they, they were rebellious, they were unmotivated, they were just mad at life, mad at everything else because they were poor, they had no opportunities, and they felt like their life, you know, there was no place to go. But since we opened our doors, they got scholarships, they're studying, they're motivated, they've got dreams, they've got visions, and we want to be able to give our transition um, ministry also to those children, not just our intern children that are there. We want them to also be able to go on with and, 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 and fulfill their dreams. We have our first young man. Uh, he was actually our first uh, extern that got a scholarship. He was um, he came to us when he was in seventh grade. He had been out of school for two years. So he finished sixth grade in the local school. His family was so poor he could not afford middle school or high school. And so uh, after two years of just being working in the fields with his dad, he uh, the pastor that we had on staff at that time said, hey, can Samir come and just go to school? And so he came. He wasn't saved. He got saved during the trans, trans course of the, the time there. He went through middle school. He went through high school. He is now our first external college student. And he is the first, he is the first that actually graduated from high school from his whole entire family. And that means aunts and uncles and grandparents. So we're changing the destiny of a whole family. You know, and so we're so excited. He's studying social work. And so we're so excited for him. And the, and so the rest of our external students, as well as our internal students, um, you know, we definitely need sponsors for them. So just to get them through um, the school year, it costs $250 per child for the whole year. We purchase uniform and shoes, gym uniform and tennis shoes, we purchase their school books. We purchase backpacks and all kinds of, you know, school supplies. Enroll them in the school um, system. And all of that we are able to do for $250 per child every beginning of every year. We'll be doing that drive in um, right after Christmas. So it'll be like January, February. We'll give you guys that opportunity. 
And so yeah, we're, it's just so exciting. Our teachers are already hired. We already have our teachers hired. We've got good quality teachers, love the kids, love the job, put in extra hours just because they know that they're doing this for God. And their lives are getting touched. And what they're sowing, they're, so we also give their children free education as an extra perk. And so some of, so, so it's just, God has just given us step by step on how to expand the ministry there in, um, in, at New Life Children's Home. And one of the things that is super important for our ministry and for the going ahead and growth of our ministry and expansion are teams. Teams come down and they bring supplies. They bring their talents and their gifts, their love. Uh, they bring finances. And then they, they're able to sow into the lives of the children, the lives of our teachers, our communities. We'll take, we take our teams out into the communities and we'll, you know, purchase enough food to make a hundred feet, bags of food and, and go into different villages and communities and go house to house or gather everybody together depending on the logistics of the village. And we just bless people. And we are able to pray for them and, 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 and some of them with tears in their eyes, some of them with just, we haven't eaten in three days. You know, this is a supply from God. Some of them, we pray for the sick and, you know, we've seen them get healed. We've, we've seen people get saved. So it's just like one of those, ex- and we take our kids and they help us with translating. They help us with praying in the lines. And I tell our children all the time, you guys are the next directors of children's homes. You guys are the next directors of of feeding programs in the streets for the poor in Honduras. You guys are the next generation of those that are going to change your nation. And so we're just, we're excited. You know, with the amount of people, the influx of Hondurans and other Latin American nationality that are coming across our southern border, we are giving our kids a reason to stay. A reason to, to make their nation something better than just what they have. You know, controlled by gangs and corruption. So we're excited about what God is doing. Um, uh, we are, as soon as we can set a date with pastors, um, we'll start getting you guys some information on how to pray, how to, you know, some applications. Many of our people will say, well, what do we do on a team? You know, when we go down there, well, it really depends on the skill set of the team. You know, what do you know how to do? Then we can plug you in. We'll do music, we'll do art, we'll do cooking, we'll do um, technical trades, we'll do building, we'll do outreach, we'll do preaching, we'll do ministry, we'll do sports, we'll do, you know, any, we've done all of those. You know, just anything that you're good at, we can take down there as a gift and as a seed and as a talent to, to, to sow into that ground. So we've had, you know, hairstylists. We've had, you know, we, we've had um, uh, boxcar derby races and, you know, bringing things down. All kinds of things um, that anything that you can do, anything that you know how to do, we, you know, you can go and put and help another child, help another person learn how to do what you can do. So it's just, it's just a blessing. It gives our children uh, a wide ver- variety of things to do. And one of the things, of course, is plugging into our, our, our school. Any type of tutoring, any type of English, you know, sit down and read a book to a child, you'll change his life, you know. I mean, just things like that that are just really, um, super special. 
Now, um, I, I do have a few books. Last time I was here, I sold some of my books, Healing Wounded Hearts, Repairing Broken Lives. I only have about five of these in English with me. I do have a few more in Spanish. If anybody would like those, that, since I have them um, uh, for, you know, uh, prices $10 here on Amazon, it probably costs you 13 We also have brochures on New Life Children's Home. Take one home, pray. Pray for us. You know, we know that nothing happens without prayer. You know, I mean, God can provide the finances, but the team and army of prayer warriors is up to us. And so we do have those. Please make sure um, you get one of those before you leave. And um, if anybody would like to sign up for our, our monthly newsletter, we do put out little videos or little newsletters, just bullet points. We don't make it real long. You know, so we don't take up a lot of your time, but just here's some bullet points. This is what we're doing. You know, plug in with us, pray for us. And so that is also available. Before I finish today, I want to share a, a scripture that the Lord put on my heart this morning. Matthew 22. Matthew chapter 22. And uh, the final verse that I want to get to is verse 14. It says, for many are called, but few are chosen. We're all called. We are all called. We all have a call of God on our lives. But we are the chosen. We choose to be chosen. Um, Ron's parents chose to be chosen. You know, Ron's dad only wanted to ever be a farmer in California, in Central Valley area. Uh, He loved farming. He was raised on a farm. That's all he ever wanted to do. In fact, when he was going to college, um, he had a friend that said, Hey, um, Come to this Wycliffe banquet. You know, we'll go hear what the Wycliffe is doing. And he said, no, I don't want to go. Because I know if I go, God's going to call me, and I don't want to go. I want to stay here and farm. Well, it wasn't until the next year where he actually was convinced to go, and he went late. <laughs> because he knew that God was going to call him to missions. Well, finally he said yes. And he, and he, he chose to be chosen. We all have to say yes to God. Like Ron said, keep your yes on the table. We always have to say yes to God because we know that even though we in our flesh think, think, that's not going to be what I want to do. That's going to be hard. That's going to be this. But it really, God's grace is there. And even though there are moments that you would think are hard, God's grace is there and you pull through it and mighty things are done. So this verse comes at the tail end of a a parable of Jesus. The parable of the wedding feast, where the father is having a wedding feast for his son, and he sends all the invitations out to his his friends and family, and every single one of them come back with an excuse why they can't come. And so we're going to pick it up in verse 8. And so we know that those people were not invited anymore, right? They, they refused their invitation. Verse 8, then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready. But those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. Verse 11. But when the king came in to see the guest, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servant, bind him hand and foot, 
take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. And many times I thought, wow, that was pretty harsh. But that same question is to us, and how are we going to answer? Are we going to be speechless? Are we going to have a word? Are we going to be able to say, Lord, yes. Are we just going to go, are we going to be speechless? You know, he had opportunity to wear a wedding garment. He had opportunity to receive salvation, which is our wedding garment. He had an opportunity to put on the garment of praise as he entered into that wedding. But he did not do it. And when the king asked him, why, why are you not dressed appropriately? Why have you not taken my salvation? Why have you not taken on the the garment that I have given you through praise and worship and and adoration and, and the salvation, the mighty things that I've done for you? Why have you not taken on what I have given to you? And he was speechless. What will you respond? Will you be speechless at that moment? Will you be able to say, no, I've accepted Jesus. I said yes to God. I said yes when he called me when I was seven years old, my case. I said yes to God when he knocked on my door again and baptized me with the Holy Spirit. And I said yes to God when he said when I was 19, go to the mission field. Yes, God, I will go. Are we going to be speechless when he calls us? And he invites us, and that wedding day comes, and we're before him. Will we have the appropriate clothing? Will we have that garment of salvation? I'd like just to invite everyone to close your eyes for a few minutes. And just picture yourself before the king, the king of kings who died for us, who gave us everything. He gave us forgiveness. This parable said that the king sent his servants out to get the bad and the good. Anybody that was out there in the streets, the bad and the good, bring them in to my wedding. But let them put on the wedding garment. Let them put on salvation. God is not looking at us as a judge today. He's looking at us as his sons and daughters. But do you have on the garment of salvation? Have you put that on? And if you haven't, you can do that right now. You can just uh, say, Lord. And I just would invite everyone to pray this prayer with me today. And just if you haven't done this, Or if you feel like you've just been coming into the wedding, you've been coming into church and just just doing the actions and just pretending to be one of the, the wedding guests, but you really haven't prepared your heart or prepared your spirit, or you really haven't been born again today, and you haven't put on that garment that God has provided for us through the blood of Jesus, I invite you to do that right now. Will you pray with me? Say, Heavenly Father,
this moment, on this day, I repent. Forgive me for all of my sin, all of my errors, everything that I've done that was against you. And now I ask to receive salvation. I ask for the garment of salvation. I ask for that wedding garment that I may be able, that I may be ready to enter into that beautiful feast that the Father has prepared for us. And today, in Jesus' name, I receive salvation. I become a child of God. I thank you, Father. I receive it by faith. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Today, I choose to be chosen. And to come into the kingdom. For his glory. For his power. And we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor, I'm going to turn it over to you. Man, did that stir you? Praise God! I, I just, I'm just, I'm just sitting there thinking about my own life. I want to pray for some people, but I want to show you two verses that really are the, at the forefront of my prayer life, nearly every day that I live by. How many know that Mrs. Pastor died in transitional stage herself in a new phase, and so we we know we're not finished. We're just shifting gears for what's next. You know, I think about her parents, so. Uh, much further along in life, starting what they did and then passed the baton. But I want you to look at this and think about yourself as we look at it. I want you to look at Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. Verse 22. Acts 13, verse 22. And uh, this, this has been my, my life verse for about the last... Over over 25 years, I, I did a uh, vision conference thing in my church in Indiana back years ago, and had 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 the AFCM man out there. And anyway, he talked about our lives. Now, now listen to what I'm going to say. And I, I hope this is everybody here. I hope this is your goal. He said you need to find out from Jesus what the speech is. You want to make it you when you stand for the judgment seat of Christ what you did with your life. What do you want to hear Jesus say about your life? How many know that God has a plan for every life? Every person is not a preacher, but every person preaches to somebody. And the loudest preaching you do is how you live your life. What you do, and I found out by experience, I told, I told, I told Ron last night that in my life started off pastoring, I didn't have a lot of leadership guidance over me to show me what to do. And so I learned a lot of things the hard way. And I'm so grateful that I'm at the place in life now that young people that will listen to me. I'm talking about serious Christians that are doing things for God. Come to older guys like us and we can show you what we did 
And if you see something in your life, you're making a wrong move and you're going to get hurt doing it, although he's trying to do it for God, then we want to show you what to do, how to live right. And so uh, in my life back then, I asked the Lord, I said, what can I do? What am I supposed to do? I was already pastored. I said, what do I want to hear you say when I stand in front of you? And he gave me Acts 13, 22. And this, this, this verse burns in my heart. And you get down to the end of verse 22 is what I want to look at. That God said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Well, in my Bible, I don't know about you, but I write in my Bible. In my Bible, I've got this written. I have found Bernie, the son of Barney. My dad's name is Barney. A man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. And so I've done my best. I've done my best for as far back as I can remember to be saying, Jesus, I want to make sure you're able to say I found Bernie, the son of Barney, a man from my heart which shall fulfill all my will. And so all my major decisions in life, such as leaving Indiana and coming to California, was after seeking Jesus. What's your will? California. And I don't want to tell you what my opinion was of California from watching the news back in Indiana. It wasn't very good about California. I thought, why would you send me to some place like California? Well, when I got to California, I found out that California, just like Indiana, anywhere else, has got people. And you got good people, bad people, mixed up people. But the main thing was the will of God for Bernie Samples and the Samples family. The will of God was not to stay in Indiana, but to come out here. So we did. And this is our mission field. So we came out here. And now I want you to look at Acts chapter 20. And then I want to pray for people that need prayer before we receive an offering. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. And I've given these verses for you. If you have a tender heart before Jesus, if you're a Christian that prays, God, use me. Jesus, I want to be used. Jesus, I want to follow your plan, your will for my life. I want to do what you want me to do then consider these verses for your own life to maybe take them on your own life. Acts 20, verse 24. We know that we know that Paul was a good example of not judging your life about how well it is on the outside. Because if that was the case, then Paul missed the will of God by a million miles because everywhere Paul went, uh, he, he did a lot for Jesus. People hated him, tried to kill him, lied about him, slandered him, threw him in jail, beat him, and did all kinds of things. And so the, on the inside, Paul knew, I'm doing what God wants me to do. So nothing's going to change me if I stay on course. And that's why he said verse 24, but none of these things move me. He said, none of these things move me. How many want to be led by the Holy Spirit? Amen. The, the safest place, the best place to be for a Christian is called the will of God. He said, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. And that's what Ron talked about. You know, you don't count your life as your own. You recognize this is for Jesus. And it says, so that I might listen to this. This is this is where I live. So I might might finish my course with joy. And then he said, in addition to that, and the ministry, which I received of Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And so for our lives, as as preachers that stand in front of people, that's our ministry. But you've all got the ministry of reconciliation. 
you've got the ministry to do what God called you to do. And so my prayer continues, Lord, I'm going to finish my course. That's my believer's walk. That's my life as a Christian. I've got people where I live at now that I witness to every week. The people, my neighbors, where God's got me, that's, that's my believer's life. I've still got a ministry. And so you've got a believer's life, and you've got a ministry. Whatever it is God has you doing. And so you need to, you need to in your heart, and with your words to Jesus when you talk to him, Lord, I don't want to be moved by good times. Bad times. You know what good times are? You get blessed so much you forget God and just take off half the good life. You don't want to be moved by that. You want to stay stable. Or by bad times, you get so messed up in life you want to backslide because you don't like the way things are going. Paul said, I'm not moved by these things. He said, I want to finish my course with joy. I want to finish my ministry with joy. I want to be able to stand in front of Jesus and hear him say, I found Dave McNeil, a man after my own heart, and finished all my will. That's what we all want, amen? And so let's let's stand up. And uh, Pastor Dave, Katie, Ron, Annette, everybody that has a tender heart before the Lord, I'd like to have hands laid on you. I want to lay hands on you with the anointing we have just to impart something into you, just to do something to stir you. And especially if you're moved this morning, we don't, we don't like being moved just by emotion, but by the Holy Spirit. But if you really have a tender spot this morning, especially by things you've heard, all we want to do is just lay hands on you to release the anointing we have in your life to help you take the next step, whatever it is. And if you know the next step is that you have had sins or things hanging on you that's holding you back from saying yes to all the way of Jesus, come up here, we'll lay hands on you. And I can promise you that the Holy Spirit will do something good in your life this morning to help you be able to finish your course. Or if you don't know what your course is yet, to be able to find out from God what the will of God is for your life. But if that's you, then come on up here. We want to lay hands on you guys. Come up here and let's pray.
All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will see of the goodness of God your voice You have led me through the fire The darkest nights And you are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend I have lived in the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so so good With every breath that I am able I will see of the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will see the goodness of God and Your goodness is running after It's running after me and Your goodness is running after It's running after me With my life laid down I'm surrendered now I give you everything your goodness is running after, it's running after me. And your goodness is running after, it's running after me. And your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God all my life. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. 
with every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Let's sing that. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God I sing your goodness your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. You have been faithful All my life You have been so So good With every breath That I am able I will sing Of the goodness Of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good Every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God
faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. When my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. When my life laid down, surrendered now, I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will see the good I will sing of the goodness of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, the Lord is good to us, isn't He? Amen. And I would pray that, just like Ron and Annette said, that our yes would be on the table for Jesus because we know, hey, his yes was on the table for us. Amen. And so if the Lord's speaking to your heart today, I pray that you are listening and that if you have ears to hear, you are hearing what the Spirit's saying to you today. Amen. Well, uh, I'm going to have a pastor go ahead as we close out here in just a minute and receive our uh, the offering for uh, Ron and Annette that's going to go towards uh, Honduras and Peru. And wasn't it beautiful seeing all those little kids on the screen there, what, what God is doing to reach them? Amen. We want to be a part of that. Amen. So I'm going to have pastor go ahead and receive this before we close things out. Amen. And I, and I, just want, I just want to say, just be open to this trip. We're going to take it June to God, June, July to go down there like that. Just, just be open to be praying, listen. And if the Lord wants you to do something with us, we'd be glad to have you come and God will use you. And I'll tell you what, in, in my whole life, I don't think anything's ever blessed me as much as when I go to the mission field. Just, I'm not, a, I'm not called to be a full-time missionary. 
I'll tell you what, a week or two in a different atmosphere, David really does something, doesn't it? Amen, it really does. All right, hold your hands in an envelope uh, for, for your missions offering. And uh, I'll tell you what, we always like to send these people away really, really blessed because they don't, they don't have a church like the pastor has where they're able to be blessed in the church on a regular basis. They depend on churches and Christians to help them do what they're called to do. And they're doing such a great work. But uh, if you're going to write a check, make it out to Ideas of Word Center like you do for your tithes and things, and we'll write what check you give to them. Everybody. Well, we're going to go ahead okay, and close things out here, but make sure uh, that we uh, get to say goodbye to Ron and Annette because uh, we, a lot of you won't be seeing them again until next year. But hasn't it been great to have them in the house of the Lord with us today? Amen. God is good. What an awesome time. Well, we're going to close out. They've got some materials back there, the books you mentioned and some other stuff. At least get a brochure, but grab some of that before uh, you head out today. And... Is there a, is that the table or the bookstore? Do we know? Okay. It'll go to the info booth. There we go. All right. Well, uh, also reminder, there's no service tonight. Um, so have some good times for Labor Day and all that. 
Uh, we've got the Bucking Good Pizza fundraiser starting uh, today through Tuesday. So if you go over there, uh, you can find their information on Facebook. Just look them up or uh, and, and get on that. But they're going to be donating towards Harvest Fest every time we go in there. So make sure you do that. And also, uh, they're going to have ice cream sandwiches on the way out today. So grab one of those, all right? It's a good day for that. You gotta eat it quick though, cause it's probably not gonna last for long. And, uh, and that's gonna all go towards Harvest Fest. Alright, well let's do our Barstow Faith Confession, and we will get you on your way. Amen. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a good one. See you Wednesday.